I realize some of you say, you know, you could see me easier up here, but I just feel like I want to be down closer with you tonight, particularly because uh, we're going to talk about um, about covenant relationships. And uh, I need to stop and pray. Um, because whenever whenever we talk about something, this is near and dear to God's heart, covenant relationships. But whenever you even use that word covenant, instantly for most people in this room, that's a scary thing. It is. Because what what are we actually talking about? Um, and we've all, you know, been a part of or been around people who have been in covenants such as marriage that didn't go so well. And so... Um, and so what I want to share tonight is something deeper than I even understand. It's a place we've been choosing to go for quite some time in a deeper and deeper place. And we want to invite you, uh, to those of you who want to, to come into a covenant of belonging with this family. But we're not even going to give you the opportunity to do so tonight. We're going to talk to you about it, but we're not even going to give you the opportunity to do so. Because because I, we, we want this to be zero manipulation, zero pressure. That's not the way the Lord works. And we want to give you time just to process and, and, and talk to the Lord and um, that kind of stuff. But right now I need to stop. And I'll just say this. Earlier when I was in worship, I was talking to the Lord about this. I was in such a deep place of peace tonight in worship. Deep, deep peace. And um, Jesus was just right, right there. I want to say there, but that's not true. He was right there. And, and, uh, even tonight I said, I said, Lord, you know, covenant, we, we don't even know what, what it is truly all about. We're, we're learning. And I said, I don't want to do this tonight without you. I don't want to do this. I won't, I will not do this without you. And he said, no, you're not going to have to, I'm going to do this with you. So that's where I knew, okay, I can do this. And I'm asking Holy Spirit, I, I, that. I'm asking you to help every person here, myself included, to be connected into your heart at a deep level. And Holy Spirit, would you say to each set of ears here what you want to say to them and let them hear what you want them to hear? Because this is going to have so many different levels of meaning and and uh, so many different ramifications to it that 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 you're going to unpack over the days and weeks and months and years because this is a lifetime thing this isn't a hey we've arrived thing (laughs) so help me help me help me wow in jesus name i don't know if you guys heard that my phone's never on but that was the shofar just blew right was right then I never have my phone on. (laughs) That's funny. Yes, Lord. So we're going to, I'm going to talk about covenant relationship and a little bit, a little bit later, we're going to hear a couple quick testimonies from uh, two of our elders and we're going to end with communion tonight. And I'll tell you why, because whenever you're talking covenant, it has to start with the Lord and it has to end with the Lord. Anything else is, is not the real deal. 
because um, we we can't even know what this is nor live it out unless we're, we've entered into a covenant with Him. And uh, so that's where we're going to start tonight is I want to talk about um, how covenant was established with, with the Trinity, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, I, I love, this is a prophetic art, I love this. Um, it's the way that I see it and everybody, you know, of course, with prophetic art you can see it in a bunch of different ways, but... Um, but I, but I see this as, as, uh, the father is the gold swirls, the blue is the Holy spirit and the red of being Jesus, uh, the blood of Jesus, but it's this swirling of father, son, and Holy spirit. And so who's that in the middle? Well, that would be you and me. That would be every single person that, that, that by the grace of God begins to hear his heartbeat of love for them and wants into this eternal um, love uh, affair in a good way, a love love between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this, this love swirl that is going on continuously that happened before the foundation of the earth. God's always been in relationship, always. And, and the Father, um, if you look at the, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and how they are with each other, they're always honoring to one another, always deferring, always loving, always filled with grace and honor towards one another. You see it everywhere in the scriptures, right? You see the father saying, behold, my son, this is the one I love. Listen to him. And you got the, the son that says, this is my father. And you have the son that says, wait till the Holy Spirit gets. It's better for you if he comes. Let me tell you, it's better. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm only going to tell you about what Jesus, who he is, and send you back to the Father. And, and, and somehow in this, uh, this, this love, these love relationships that they are so enjoying, they, love always wants a deeper expression, which means it's got to go somewhere else. Who else can we let into this? And there we come into the picture. And so before the foundation of the earth, we were already in their hearts. We were already conceived in their hearts. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit always wanted us. And so when you say yes, when you say yes to Jesus, when you, when something in your heart miraculously, this is a miracle. I hope you all know this. Sometimes we, we don't underscore enough what a miracle salvation is. Salvation couldn't happen any more than somebody rising from the dead, right? It, it couldn't happen unless the Lord does it. Because how do we suddenly, how does something not make sense but until it does? Until suddenly everything makes sense now. Oh, I have, there's a God who loves me. Jesus is the Son of God. He did die for me. And, and I want Him. So God's covenant is, I want you. I love you. I'm for you always, no matter what. On your good days, on your bad days, it doesn't matter. My heart for you does not change. And we enter into covenant when we say, yes, Lord, I believe you. So this is where, this is where covenant starts. Everything starts right here. This is Hebrews 6, 13 to 15. And I, this is an, one example of covenant. And I didn't go back to the Old Testament um, version, the Old Testament story of Abraham. I, I'm actually taking this to the New Covenant as, as uh, the, the author of Hebrews is looking back at, at the story of Abraham. But it says this, that when God made the promise to Abraham, the covenant, 
He swore by his own self. God is swearing by his own self. Since there was no one greater he could swear by. When he says, Abraham, I promise I'm going to do this. He's like, well, I can't, you know, no, I'm going to promise on my own, on my own perfect being that I'm going to do this. I cannot go back on my own word. And this is what he promised him. I will shower blessings on you and I will give you many descendants. Because of that, Abraham persevered and received fulfillment of the promise. Because of what? Because of the, of God's intention, because of his covenant. It wasn't because of anything Abraham did. It was because God said, this I'm going to do for you. And because God was so persuasive, and in that moment Abraham believed him, how did that happen? It was a miracle. That was a gift from God. That's the only way Abraham could have, could have gotten it and said yes to him. And so because he did, that's the reason he persevered, which means, which means what's perseverance is a nice way of saying things don't always look like what God says it's, it's looking like. That's what perseverance means is I'm going to believe you anyway, even though it sure doesn't look like your promises are like you said they were. But God says, watch this, I'm going to make him persevere. And he did receive the fulfillment of the promise. And in fact, everybody in this room, you are part of that fulfillment. Did you know that? Those descendants that are more numerous than the stars of heaven, that's you. How is that so? Through Jesus, right? Through Jesus. Jesus, I won't get into all the theology of it because it's just not time to unpack it all. But I will say this. This is in Galatians 3.29. Since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendant. Heirs according to the covenant promise. There it is. And so when you said yes to Jesus, you became a part of the family of God. I love that picture because it's all the different ages. You know, since it's a silhouette, we can say it's all the different nationalities. That we're all the family of God together. And look at that in Ephesians 3, 14 and 15 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. So when you said yes to the promise, which was a total miracle because God did something in you to cause you to say yes, you became a part of the family of God. You are a member of the family of God. Right? You are. You're in. You're in and you will always be in. And that's God's heart. So I want to talk about marriage for a minute. What? Yeah, that's me and Suzanne. 27, almost 28 years ago. There's my beautiful bride right there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I used, I used this picture. I, I, I want to talk about marriage when we're talking about covenant because this is actually... I know that in this room, every single person in here has been hurt in some way, some of you majorly, through marriage covenants that have been broken. I, I think that is a very safe statement. 
whether it's your own parents or people around you or your own selves that went through crushing things. And so, you know, that it makes it hard when you talk about marriage and when you, when you like associate covenant with that. But, it, but nonetheless, it doesn't change the truth that God says marriage according to the way I have intended it is the closest thing you're going to see to Jesus and his bride. And what's interesting about the actual, you know, the actual ceremony, Suzanne and I approached that, of course, with all kinds of hopes and dreams. We had, we had already been dating and or engaged for five years prior to this. So we've known each other for a long time. So you come with all these hopes and expectations, and it's important that you're doing this. Part of the reason for a marriage ceremony is that you're making agreements before God, with each other, before God, that you're the one I choose. And you're doing it in front of other people as well. There's something, there's something about that, about that ceremony. But really, the, at the core of it all, though, is what's in my heart and what's in her heart. Is this the person that I want? Is, am I the one that she wants? And when we say the vows, can I just be honest with you? None of us understands the vows we're saying, really. Okay, we might say in sickness and in health. I'll do it in health for richer, for poor, richer, richer. I like richer. Because you know what happens? We, we've all seen this and figured it out. People change a lot. And there's certain things we didn't know about others. And those things start to come to the surface. And you know what? That's not a surprise to God. But there's, he, he designed covenant, though, though there have been broken marriages, he still designed covenant and marriage as a, as a real prime example of that to actually for us to learn how to love well, which means there's a whole lot of things we're going to work out. There's going to be a whole lot of really hard times to go through. There's going to be, as people change, how, how are we going to navigate this? And apart from the Lord, we actually really can't, in my opinion. Um, I just want to stop. This is kind of like the elephant in the room. So I'm just going to stop and say this, that um, God is always about redemption. He is always about forgiveness. Um, we have, Every person in this room has, has blown it on so many occasions that we couldn't count. No person in here would like the closet of our worst mistakes and decisions to be opened up for the world to see. And I got some great news for you. Jesus, Jesus slammed that closet and kind of took care of it so that, so that in, it really, according to God, it doesn't exist. It's crazy, but that's what grace is all about. So I'm just saying that because, because I, I wanted to bring up marriage because I thought it was really important in talking about covenant. But, but if, if in any way any of you are feeling condemned, that's not Jesus. Okay. There's always healing. There's always restoration. It's always next steps. Here's what I wanted to show you about, about marriage is that um, this comes from the book of, of Ephesians 5 where Paul talks about marriage. But in the end, he says, I'm really not talking about marriage. I'm not talking about a husband and a wife. I'm talking about Jesus and the church, us, his bride. So this is talking about us even though he's using the context of marriage. But he says this in Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. This is in the message version. 
Christ's love makes the church whole. What makes us whole? It's the love of Jesus. It's what, it's what Susan just shared from Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 28. We, we, most of us, if we've been Christians for a while, most of us know that verse. We know that all things, in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But can I please urge you, go back to that verse and keep reading. If you haven't read the next paragraph or two in a while, you're missing something amazing. Because in my opinion, in my opinion, that paragraph from Romans 8.28 to 8.39, those 11 verses, I think are the clearest description of the New Testament, the covenant, the covenant in Jesus that I see any, anywhere in the New Testament. That's quite a statement, but I really believe it's true. I do. Because after saying that all things are going to work for your good, he says, and what, he says basically this, and I'm going to make you... I'm going to bring you along and I'm going to make you holy and I'm going to do everything I said I was going to do. I'm totally paraphrasing right now. And nothing can separate you from my love no matter what. Nothing, 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 nothing. That's what that verse is saying, that, those paragraphs. And, and um, so it's his love that makes us whole. Let me go on with this verse in Ephesians 5. His words, this is Jesus. Jesus' words evoke her beauty. He's talking about us right now. Which is, which is this. I'm going to speak my words of tender love over you. I'm going to tell you who you are and who you are and who you are until you believe it. I'll just say this. One of the reasons we, we, one of the reasons using from Paul Young's language last week, one of the reasons why the ways of our being isn't feeling right is because it's not matching the truth of our being. So when we start to behave in ways that is nothing has nothing to do with who we are as the beloved in Christ, something feels off. What's needed? What's needed is the truth. You need to remember the truth of your being. Okay, who's going who's gonna to tell you that? Jesus is over and over and over again. Because he's coming back for a beautiful bride. Actually, we already are beautiful to him. But it's his words that are going to evoke our beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk and radiant with holiness. Didn't you love that last week when Paul was sharing? I don't remember which night it was. So if you weren't here, it's all on podcast. Go back and listen to it. But he was sharing how holy God was holy. Father, Son, Holy Spirit was holy. They were holy before anything else came into being, correct? Which means that holiness is not the opposite of sin. Holiness, sin isn't even in the equation of what holiness is. That's mind-blowing. Because now we've got to think of new definitions. What is holiness then? Anyway, I'm not getting into all that. That was just to... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm bringing up some of the really good points from last week that I'm still gnawing on in a great way. So um, here's where I want to just transition a little bit. I, I want to transition to talking about a covenant of belonging to our Blazing Fire family. That's a picture taken from when we were right here Christmas, for our Christmas party. That was a fun night. It was a fun night of just doing family together. There's so many different aspects of family, and some of it is just having fun together. It, that's part of God's plan. It really is. 
Um, but before I go on, I want to, I just want to exp- explain some things to you. Um, Blazing Fire is 13 years old as a church. And at no time during that time have we ever had church membership. And we're still not going to. Just making that really clear. This is not about church membership. I already told you, you belong to the church. You are a member of the family of God. Woohoo! You're in. So that's, that's that. Um, but there have been different times, and some of you have been around long enough to know, there have been times where we, we started to go there. We started to talk about, you know, uh, belonging, and, uh, uh, and we even had some of you fill out a sheet, which some of you in this room did. You signed your name to it. And uh, honest, the honest truth is I don't think we were near ready yet. I think we knew that we needed to go in that direction, but we hadn't really lived it yet. We didn't even really know what we were asking. And, and believe me, it's not like we've suddenly arrived but I can tell you we're several more years down the road and we have a far, I believe by God's grace, a far better grasp of what it is that we're saying, what it is we're inviting you into, knowing that it's a lifetime journey. Now, before that scares you already, you're like, oh, great. I'm locked in for life. We understand that we understand that um, God... God moves as God moves. People people do come and go. I just talked to a family earlier from the UK who came here from a dream from the Lord. I, I, you know, and we don't know how God operates and how He moves us around. So, so um, that's not what we're saying. This isn't a we're locking you in. In fact, let me just say this: one of the reasons we have shied away from this for so long is because uh, we understand that many people have been hurt and wounded by um, membership, by, those, by leaders who have used membership to try to control or to control, just flat out to control. And nothing could be further from our heart. And sometimes um, we, we, ha- we have gotten to a place where we have to realize we've got to keep going in the direction that God is telling us to go. And we can't worry about the fear of what people are going to think that means. All I can do is do the best at describing to you what we are talking about. And by the way, what, what I'm going to share in, uh, is coming from a document that we've been working on quite extensively for, for months. But I will say this, we've actually been working on it in some ways for 13 years. And really intentionally, I would say for about the last three and a half years. I keep using that window because it's true. It was after Suzanne and I got back from our sabbatical and Leif Hetland came and Chris Valentin came three and a half years ago. There was something got stirred up in our hearts that we, we, we realized we need to do family together in a much more intentional way. What does that look like? And it's been taking us all this time to, to live it out and to work it out and to, to, you know, come to an understanding of how, just how deep does this go? And, and I think it's going to go a whole lot deeper than we can even comprehend, to be honest with you. So, um, so this, this document that we've been working on is actually um, online. Surprise. Thank you, Matthew Gio. <laughs> Matthew's been, been helping us uh, working on a, a, a website for a while. Um, we also have Bill Hernandez who's been helping us out. And, um, 
And so when you go to our website, which is blazingfire.org, and I can't believe it's nowhere on any of these slides, but it's not. Blazingfire.org. Can you all say that? Blazingfire.org. So you could even pull your phone out and if you wanted to get there, and then you'll for sure to get there later. Um, so you could read this document later. It's actually, I'll just tell you, it's a five-page document. Not a couple paragraphs, not 50 pages either, but it is five pages, meaning we took the time we needed to to explain the things as best as we can, as clear as we can. We had, we had, our, I had our elders. I mean, we worked this thing and reworked it so many times, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Could there be changes in the future? Sure there can. Everything's in flux. I will just be honest, right? Everything's in flux. We're always learning. But I'm saying for where we are right now, I think this captures. It captures where we are and what we're, what, where we're taking you or for those of you who want to, to uh, join in this. And so, so later tonight, I encourage you to go home and read this because I'm not going to do this whole document word for word. That would take too long and it would be boring if I just read something to you. I'm much more interesting than a document. Okay. <laughs> and at the end of it, as you're reading through it, at the very end, it, all it says is, once you come to the actual conclusion, concluding statement, which I will show to you in a moment on the screen, but when you come to that, all it says at the end is, if this is something that your heart desires, write to us and let us know. There's a, there's a link to, uh, I think it's info at blazingfire.org, which, by the way, just so you know, because when you do info, that just seems so, um, what is that? Like nebulous, okay, you know, I'm, I'm impersonal. It's going to Suzanne's mailbox. <laughs> it is. It is going to her mailbox. And so I'm just so you know, you're not just sending it out into cyberspace somewhere. You're sending it to Suzanne, okay? Um, and then we say, we'll contact you back and talk to you about further steps. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about that later, but I just wanted to give you a quick overview uh, first about this document that you can read. We don't have any hard copies tonight of it. Partly That was partly intentional, partly because I just want you to get, take some time to, to, to you know, soak this in. By next week, we'll, we will. We'll, we'll give you some hard copies if there's any of you who don't have an, uh, an access to the Internet. So I want to, I want to, uh, oh, and, and a couple other things. We're going to, uh, for those home groups who want this, um, there's a, there's probably about eight or so home groups out there in, around the bay that are associated here with Blazing Fire. So for those home groups who want this, sometime in the next few months, one of, one of the elders, um, or the overseers are, we're going to be coming to the home group just to do a, a Q and R. Question and response, since we don't have all the answers. We learned that from Paul Young. Q&R. Okay. Um, just to be able to process it with people. Because I, I hope what you're hearing, before you even see any of this, I, I, what we're trying to say is, is that this is, this is not a pressure thing. This is not a pressure thing whatsoever. Okay? I want people to take all the time that they want to. Now, Again, before we go there, I just want to, this is from 1 Corinthians 13, that love looks like something. Because um, we talk a lot about love here, but is it just that mushy-gushy feeling? Well, that's part of it, but really, look at 1 Corinthians 13, and I love this in the Barclays version. Love is patient with people. Look how much this is about actions and how you are with people. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
There's no envy in love and there's no proud claims. There's no conceit. Love never does the graceless thing. It never insists on its rights. It never irritably loses its temper. It never nurses its wrath to keep it warm. Love finds nothing to be glad about when someone goes wrong. But it's glad when truth is glad. Love can stand any kind of treatment. Love's first instinct is to believe in people. Love never regards anyone or anything as hopeless. Nothing can happen that can break love's spirit. Love lasts forever. So love is just a huge part of God's covenant with us and our covenant with each other. This is, this is coming straight from the document that we wrote. So I just want to read this to you and then I'll explain it a little bit as I go. God has demonstrated his covenant affection for each of us with the dream of seeing his children living out similar covenant relationships with one another in the power of his spirit. It's his plan for us to enjoy the same connection with each other that Jesus and the Father have. That's in John 17, 21 to 23. Did you know that? Think, think about the heart connection that Jesus and the Father have. I mean, the heart connection. Where Jesus could say when he walked the earth, I don't do anything or say anything that, unless it comes from, from my dad. I only do what, I, what, I, what the Father's doing. I only, I only, how did he do that? Heart connection, deep heart connection. And the, and, the Lord, and, and the Lord says, not only does he want that heart connection with us, but it's always been his plan for us to have that kind of heart connection with each other. I told you already, this is going to seem a little scary at times. And can I just be honest with you? All of the leaders, we've all talked this, we've all talked about that this is scary at times. Because we can't do this. When you start hearing about this stuff, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, one of the things that ought to come to you is, I can't do that. (laughs) That's right. That's why it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The more we yield to him, the more we're going to learn how to love each other. He's going to teach us. It's going to be his love right through us. So, but that does make it scary because we start, when we talk covenant, we're starting to go, well, what's this mean? Does this mean that, you know, every one of you is going to have to call every person in this church once a week? Does this mean that everybody gets to slide up to your dinner table every night? You know? Again, I'm just being real because these thoughts come through our minds. Can I tell you, it's deeper than that. It is. Yeah, that laughter was so I could cut the knife right in there. It goes deeper than that. Because what we're really talking about is is a genuine love that is so pure that only Jesus can give us that when we're with whoever we're with, we are feeling his deep love for them. Jesus lived that way. And that's the way we get to live. And we're getting there. We're getting there. These covenant relationships will take intentionality and at times some hard work. That's that perseverance word again. Anybody here, have, has any person in this room found every relationship in your life really easy? Every single one? Okay, I didn't see any hands there. Just for you people listening at home, there were no hands that were raised. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's another reason this stuff scares us. It's like, how many relationships do I have to open myself up to? Can we just be real here? This is, this is the stuff. And God's not letting this go. There's, there are certain reasons why I would be much happier never to talk to you about this. Like we're, and not to go where we're going. It'd be, it'd be just easier. And especially in America when we already got that independent thing and we just want to do what we want to do. It's kind of in our system, you know? But God's not going to let up. This is his plan. And so we really don't have, we didn't feel like we had an option as leaders, especially the deeper we went together. And we saw where, just how deep this is going. We're like, oh, just like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we want more to experience this. Well, well, we want the same. We want more and more people to experience this. But I'll just be honest with you, it's totally your choice. Isn't that God's covenant? God's covenant is I, I accept everybody. G- Scripture clearly says that Jesus died for the sins of the world, reconciling all humanity to the Father. Scripture says that very clearly, which means God says, I want all of you. Who wants me? Who wants to go deep with me? And when we say yes, bam, we enter into the covenant. We're his, we're locked in forever. Same thing here. For some of you, let me just say this. For some of you, uh, some of you are just here for the first night and you're like, whoa, 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 what did I just walk into? <laughs> some of you have been here for a while and you're still figuring it all out. Great. There is zero pressure for you to like, oh, I, best, I guess I better do this. So I'm accepted. You know what? You're already accepted. We already love you. This, this has nothing to do with that. Some of you, you're, you're like, you, and, and this is for people even listening to this on the podcast because there's going to be people listening to this. Some, some people, they, they just, they like blazing fire because it's a watering hole. You know, they're, they're, God has them. They're ministering in other places. We get lots of pastors here. We get lots of, you know, we do because it's a Saturday night and they're like, oh my gosh, I just need to get filled up where nothing's expected of me. Wonderful. For the, that person, nothing has changed. They absolutely can do that. Even if someone's been here a long time and you're thinking this is my family, but you're not really sure what we're talking about yet, you shouldn't do. You shouldn't sign something or enter into something unless, unless your heart wants to. It would be just as silly as me stepping up to to the altar with Suzanne if my heart wasn't in it. That's just a bad decision because it's going to get tested. So here's what this means. Here's some of the ways to define what we're talking about, um, what covenant relationships look like. First of all, we belong to one another. That is a crazy statement, and it's true. It's not just that we belong to Jesus and he belongs to to me. That's a little safer, you know? (laughs) Jesus feels safer than everybody else, right? But that's not what it says. It says here in Romans 12, there's another place. There's two places in the New Testament. It says, word for word, we belong to one another. I'm not even saying I fully understand that, but it's true. That somehow we we, we have to understand that everything, what I do and what I say matters and impacts a lot of people. And it's the same for you. It's not just because I'm here with the microphone tonight. You all, everything you say and do, it impacts so many people. We, we belong to each other. And in genuine relationships, we add to one another. Here's something Leif Hetling keeps saying every time he comes. 
And every time he comes, we're getting it in deeper, right? We're in relationships not for what can I get out of you. And let me tell you, I want to talk about another Western thought. It's true around the world, but man, is it true in, in the United States uh, and in the business world and in places where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relate to you if you can do something for me. If you can't, I'm going to drop you like a hot potato. That's not the kingdom. That just plain and simple, it's not. I mean, if it were the kingdom, Jesus was hanging around with the wrong people when he was on the earth. <laughs> he would not hang around with all the movers and shakers, you know what I mean? And he had all the time in the world for, for you know, the woman at the well. Those stories like that. You see what I'm saying? We, what can we add? Now, some of you might be thinking, but wait a minute, where do my needs get met? Can you just, for just a moment, can you see if everybody lived that way, just how rich this would be? And so often we're afraid. When we have that poverty mentality, we start grabbing and like a drowning person, grabbing for anybody, save me, save me, save me, because we just don't think people are going to be out there and they're not going to care. But I'm telling you, if you can flip that around with the Lord's grace, if he can help us flip this thing around, and each of us understands that we're entering relationships for what I can add to you, but you're doing the same for me, that is mutually beneficial. That is building each other up in Christ. Here's another one. We need each other because everyone is important. We need each other. We are for each other, and we're in this for each other's best. Here's a hard one. We will choose to stay connected, working through conflicts to a mutual healthy resolution. Can I tell you one of the reasons why I know this has to happen? I've been a pastor for 25 years in this, in this valley. When you're around one place that long, you see a lot of things come and go. You see a lot of relationships that, that are broken. I have watched, I've been part of the, I've been part of the heartache. You know, I've been part of the separation of seeing some, many of you know my own story that from before this church that we had a really hard time that we went through with another pastor uh, couple and, and we are totally reconciled with them. We love them. That church is still going on, but I'm telling you that was a painful time. And through that, God had to teach me a lot of things, but I wanted to be genuine with you to tell you, it's not like I'm above this thing and I haven't experienced separation, but I'm watching even to this day, I'm watching over and over and over again, the enemy getting in the middle of relationships and tearing them apart. And I watch people walk away, whether it's, whether it's, you know, people within a, a, a church family. Um, I would, I would venture to guess that a large majority of the people who often came to blazing fire and then suddenly didn't, that it was because of some relationship in here that went sour or got uncomfortable, or whatever, did not handle it. And it's just a little easier if I just disappear and start all over again somewhere else. But you see the problem with this is that when we're going to keep going around that mountain, because what is it? Okay, what is it in me that needs to grow up? And how do I need to learn some different kind of tools to, to, to let people know what's going on inside of my heart and how they're impacting me? And, and, and also as we rise, we're going to, I'm telling you, I'm just going to declare, I'm going to prophesy right now by the grace of Jesus, we are rising above what the enemy has been trying to do for 2000 years since Jesus died on the cross for us to keep us separated. Because I'll tell you what, and, and, and I totally know that the enemy does not want us to preach this tonight. And you 
Never hear me say that. When have you ever heard me talk about the enemy that way? I don't because I don't want to give him the time of day. I'm just saying this is scary to the enemy because if we actually, if we actually became one the way Jesus says we are, there's nothing that's going to stop us. And I'm telling you, this is that time. And earlier when I was talking to Terry Lawrence, she said, when I said that to her just a couple hours ago, she said, I saw us all, instead of just one person going to the throne room, she goes, I saw us all on a platform, golden platform going to the throne room together. Can you even begin to imagine? But the enemy keeps trying to pick us off. We need each other. And, we, and we've got to pick a place. I, if it's not here, wonderful. Pick somewhere. But pick a place where you're going to cross that line and say, I'm going to learn how to do love. I'm going to learn. It's scary. It's vulnerable. But I've got to go there. Because I'm telling you, as you learn with the Lord's help to do this, it's going to impact every relationship in your life. And since I don't know if I'm going to say this later, I will just say this. We do have many home groups out there. Go to one of them if you're not already. And there's more that are starting. Because this is awesome. I love our times together. But we, but we got to do family where you got to be somewhere where you're known. Okay? Which gets a little scarier, right? But it's where you grow the most. Here's the, where am I? I think I'm on the sixth bullet down, which is we will learn and use healthy relationship tools to keep our love on with one another. That's a Danny Silk-ism for those of you that read that book, Keep Your Love On. And the last one, we are made for intimacy, which is letting others know what's happening inside of us and uh, transparency, being real and genuine. We're made for that. So I want to talk about what are, what are the benefits um, of being in covenant relationship with our family? Why would, you, why would you want to do this? Brent, are you crazy? This, okay. Here's some things that, that this environment, that Blazing Fire Family is offering. It's a spirit-led environment for you to grow in your love for God and others. One of the things we've seen over and over again is that people who, who've made this a regular hangout spot, this... Um, they they fall deeper in love with God and they actually, you know, again, have a deeper love for other people. So that the second one, I'm just repeating it. I don't need to do that. The second one is a greater sense of belonging. The third one is you will add your value to others and they will add value to you. Not a consumer mentality that uh, of someone that belongs to an organization for as long as they meet your needs. That's called a gym. That's... <laughs> Right? That's called Costco. Um, as long as it's worth it for you financially and you're getting some gain out of it, great. But that's not what the that's not the body of Christ. That's not the kingdom of God. Number four, a safe environment for you to heal and grow and then impact society wherever you are. That's what we offer here. There's a reason. Did you know that there's just a whole lot of wounded people that, that come here? Did you know that? I'm one of them. Okay, everybody... Everybody in the body of Christ is wounded in different ways. But I will say this, that Blazing Fire is a safe place, and it's a place where we're encouraging people to open up their hearts and teach them how to do that to the Lord first and then to one another. And they're getting healed up. And the more we see them get healed up, then they start to go out, and they have the confidence because they know who they are. They know their identity. And they're starting to go out and make a difference wherever they are, in the workplace, in the school, wherever. That's what we want. Um, number five, 
a culture of support and encouragement to help you know your true identity in Christ and value for what God has entrusted you to release to others. And we're going on. Other benefits, loving and honest feedback from Blazing Fire Leadership to help you mature. Ooh. Wait, ooh. <laughs> Brenda, I thought you said there was no control here. Can I tell you, there's... I. I believe we check each other's hearts often, but there's zero desire for control. Um, and when, and, and I have to, whenever, when we say blazing fire leadership, let me tell you why we phrased it that way. We really try to be intentional about a lot of things. It's not because we, we can't receive uh, feedback or uh, loving and honest feedback from you. Because honestly, there have been many things I've received from many of you that have helped me grow. So I want you, I want, I'm trying to tell you, this is not a one-way street. However, if we wrote that, that everybody just gets to do that for everybody, that's a little scary because we don't know where everybody is right now. And so that's why, that's why we wrote it this way. But we wanted to just, we wanted to say that rather than, than pretend, oh, well, yeah, we don't, we won't ever say anything that will challenge or help you grow. It's like, well, then what's the point? And, and I think I mentioned to you this before, but I've done a lot of growing up in my life. Susie, I can tell you, I needed to do a lot of growing up and, um, still growing and one of the one of the ways with with my spiritual papa Chris Valentin, who will be here May fifteenth, um, early on I didn't want that from him really. If I was being really honest, I didn't want that because I was too insecure. And I was I was a young pastor, and I'd just gone through a really difficult season in my life. All I wanted him to do is say, "Brent, you're amazing. You rock. You're awesome. Love your church. Blazing fires the bomb." That's all I wanted to hear. And some of that was needful. You, we need people in our lives that are encouraging us. And especially when we go through hard times, we need some of that to get rebuilt back up. Totally, totally agree with that. But along the way, as I grew and as our, my relationship with Chris grew, and I started to trust him more because I knew he was for me, then I wanted to hear the harder things. I'm like, Chris, bring it on, because I do not want to go around the same mountains again and again. So if you who love me and are for me, if you could tell me something I need to hear, I want to hear it. So that's, that's part of covenant relationship. Number seven, greater accountability, because, what do I mean by that? Because when you are in deeper relationship with people you care about, then who you are and what you do matters. Do you see what I mean? It's kind of like group accountability. It's not, remember last week when, when Paul was sharing his own story? And he shared about his, his struggle with pornography. And he said, he said uh, for the last 20 years, that has not been an issue in my life. And, and one of the things he said was, but it's not because I was in such a great accountability group that it was because he said the truth of his being became so solid to the core, who he was, that it was matching now the ways of his being. But I'm, but I'm bringing that point up because Sometimes we think that if we if I get in an accountability group, whether it's with one person or three other people or whatever, then I just won't have any problems. I won't make mistakes. I won't forget who I am and do destructive things anymore. That's not necessarily true at all because you could hide from one person very easily. Happens in marriages all the time. It does. So we can hide when we want to hide. But what we're saying is, look, at together as we realize that what I do impacts you, what you do impacts me, there's a kind of a degree of accountability going on. Like, so that if someone starts to go off in a direction that's not them, they maybe have several people that start gathering around and saying, hey, how can we help you remember who you are again? Let's go. Let's get back on the road. See what I mean? Yeah. 
list. So um, enough said probably. Number eight, um, being part of the vision of Blazing Fire Church to encounter God, to learn to love well in our family, and to be awakened to his passion in you to change the world. That's our mission statement. Number nine, you will grow in our kingdom-based core values that are essential to everyday life. You will learn to live out these core values wherever you are. What are the requirements? What requirements? That's the R word. Now you're using the R word to enter into a covenant relationship with our Blazing Fire family. Number one, that you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And number two, be be water baptized as a believer. Now, why are those first and second? I want to differentiate those from three, four, and five. Number one and two, that has nothing to do with with what Blazing Fire is saying. That's just what the Lord said. He said, you know what? All you have to do is agree in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. Woo! That's it. That was his, that was his line. And what is the ceremony? We talked about wedding ceremony. Things like the ring. The ring does not make me married. The ring is a reminder of what my heart commitment is to Suzanne, right? Baptism, water baptism, which Jesus went through, which is in Scripture several places. Um, I gave you one of them, Acts 2.38. Baptism is the ceremony part. It's the part that locks it in. It's, it's something, it's very, something deep is going on spiritually. So, so that's just all we're saying is those who belong to Jesus, and if you want to also belong in covenant relationship here, then, then three, four, and five are going to be for you. But if you're not part of the family of God, meaning you don't want in with Jesus, I really don't know why you'd want to be in with us since we're all about Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay? And by the way, because some of you might be already going there with your with your mind, um, we are planning another date. We have not picked the date, but we're planning in, in around May to have uh, water baptisms out there again like we did that other time. So if you've never been water baptized, regardless of whether you want to um, enter into a covenant relationship of belonging with us, you can you can absolutely be water baptized, okay? So when that gets a little bit closer, just a few months away, um, we'll let you know the date. So now three, four, and five. What's that? Oh, it's May 30th? I knew that. <laughs> Not. May 30th is what I meant to tell you. For everybody listening on podcast, that's May 30th. That's May 3-0. All right. M-A-Y 3-0. Now see in your brains. Oh, wow. Time is flying. Okay, three, if you are new to our Blazing Fire Church, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a big clue right now. This is going to be self-regulated. Because the more we talked about this, we are not wanting to get into some system where we've got to somehow get inside of your heart and check your motives for you and all that stuff, which we can't do. So we're actually going to take your word for it when you say certain things and you mean it. That's just the way it is, right? If you're new to Blazing Fire... What would I call new? I would say, I don't know, a year or less, you know, like newer. You haven't been around here a long time, or maybe you just popped in and out for the last five years, but you haven't really been here, been here. I want to encourage you, attend a class, because we're going to have some classes coming up. 
The first ones are not slated yet, but they will be soon. We intentionally did not want to do this right away. But I would say within about a month or so. No. Todd said May 30th. That's It's sooner than that. Probably a series of two or three classes. We, we're actually talking quite a bit about all this. But we're going to offer something for you to go in deeper with us. To, like, in other words, if, if this has not been your home for a long time and this is new to you, I would not expect you to, to say, I want to go deep in relationship with you guys. I wouldn't expect that. Okay? So we're going to have those. That, so that number three is for some of you, not for all of you. Number four, that you're going to sign the covenant of belonging to our Blazing Fire family. That's the one that's, that's, I'm going to read to you in just a moment. And it's also that document that's on our website. However, as I just told you, I just told you this, that my, my getting married to Suzanne, signing that document was not the big deal. I did that for the state of California that wants to keep a record. It's true. What's the big deal? My heart connection, my, my desire that she's, this is my bride for the rest of my life. And her desire that I be her husband for the rest of, of her life. That was the big deal. It's what's going on inside of here. And so that's why we're saying to you, this is not a pressure thing. It's like, if you're saying, man, I've longed for this. I, quick story. When, when we wanted to be part of Global Legacy, which is the churches around Bill Johnson, they, every once in a while they would come up with a new, a new plan for how do we decide those churches that want to belong, kind of like what we're doing here. And I, I went up to Bill after one of these, and I said, Bill, every, whatever they said we had to do, I'm like, done, I'm there. I want in. This is what I've always wanted. Bill, you're my spiritual dad. I'm not going anywhere. So I go up to him after one of these meetings where they're explaining another round of, of uh, how churches can belong. And I, this is what I said to Bill Johnson. It may not be word for word, but it was pretty darn close. I said, I said, Bill, it was just me and him. I said, Bill, if you tell me to walk over glass on my knees to get to you, I will do that. And I was, I was not being funny. I was actually very, I was very serious. I'm like, you have no idea how much my heart wants to be connected to you. And he said to me, Brent, you, um, you make my, my father's heart proud. You know, I'm proud, I'm proud of you as a son. And so I'm, there, there's, that did something to me. Now, let me tell you something. I have never had dinner at Bill Johnson's house. Not once. Didn't happen. But you know what? That's not what my heart needed. My heart needed to know I was connected. I wanted to follow and in a place where I knew I was going to be safe, where collectively, um, you know, that whole staff has just fed into us and helped us grow and shape so much. So I just want to use that as an example because it's not about signing your name. The, the name signing is just so weak. There's got to be some way we know. In the past, what's happened is, is people have kind of come and gone constantly. And honestly, sometimes we're in flux. Like, who's really, who really wants us to be their family? We're not quite sure. We certainly know certain ones. Like some of you are going, don't you know by now? I promise, we know. If you're one of those, we know. We, really, I'm serious. You're like, do I have to sign it? Well, I would say, yeah, sorry. Yeah, because, oh, I don't say sorry, but I just mean, yeah, because... Just consider this like, in a sense, kind of a, just a new start of the next chapter of where we're going together. And so please don't be offended. This isn't because isn't you did anything wrong, okay, if you've been here a long time. 
But if you, as you're saying that, number five, this is, this is another big deal, is publicly declaring your desire to belong in a covenant with our Blazing Fire family and be received and welcomed by the leaders in a ceremony during our worship service. Now, we have never done this. Never. And it took me a long time to realize how important ceremony is to God. But he does it all the time. I just told you about baptism is a ceremony that's linked in with our salvation of believing Jesus. So we want to actually do something pretty special for those that come in. And we're, we're, we're still working out the fine details, but I will tell you we've got some really amazing ideas of what we want to do. And so little by little, as, as groups of you decide at, at your own pace, this is where I want to belong. This is, I, I, yes, I want in in covenant relationship. We're going to do something here. And here's why. It, heaven's looking in. Something happens when we somehow walk, step over a line and say, I'm in. And, and this is, I, I don't, I don't, I can't explain it all because it's in a different realm. You know, we talked about the spiritual realm being more real than this one. But there's something heaven's noticing. And also when you're saying I'm committed to you, now it's like, oh shoot, I gotta work it out with so and so. But now you know, you know because, because you said, okay Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm saying yes to your plan. I'm going to learn how to love well. I'm going to learn it this time around. So we're actually helping each other to grow up, which is Ephesians 4 in a nutshell. Ephesians 4 really is about grow up. It's time, church, for the church to grow up in love in Christ. Let's see. Uh, nothing happened here. Let's try one more time. Here we go. All right, once, once, you, once you make that decision, if that's the decision that you make with our Blazing Fire family, then these become priorities. In other words, this is not, these are not gateways to say this is how you're in. We're just saying this, this would be true of you. Uh, it'll make sense as I say it. Number one, that you would be part of a, a small home group, ministry group, or accountability group, something where you will know others and be known by them to learn and to grow in a mature and a healthy and life-giving atmosphere. So we're not saying, you know, which home group are you in so that you can belong here? That's, that's where manipulation starts to come in and control. We don't want to do that. But what we are saying is, if you're agreeing you want to go deep in relationship, this would just make sense, that you become part of something where you're known by a smaller group of people. Number two, that you're going to live out shared responsibility Hey, for upholding our core values and implementing the vision of Blazing Fire Church. If you don't know what those are, they're all in the document. We want to make sure you had everything in front of you when you read it. This includes investing your time, your passions, uh, your skills, and your generous financial giving towards our shared mission. So again, this is not in a legalistic sense. What this is saying, here's what I'm saying, okay? Can I get down to this? We are going somewhere together. Let me say it differently. We are going somewhere together. We're going somewhere. We are, I'm, I'm telling you, what we saw tonight was just barely breaking the surface of where, we're, of where God is taking us. And I'm telling you another thing. There's a massive harvest going on around the earth. If you do not know it, you've got to wake up. Do not let CNN tell you what the truth is. Latest, latest general statistics, about 30% of the world are, are believers. You might be thinking, well, that's not bad. How about like just a decade ago, it was, it was about 14%. And a couple decades ago, it was already down to, you know, 1900s, it was like at 1% or 2%. You have no idea what's going on. It's going off the scale. We're, we're alive for that time. 
And, and it's, it's, even though you say, well, that's other countries and not so much here, do you think God doesn't love the United States of America? Oh, he's passionate about us. And, and believe me, people, people are, the, the, the sons and daughters are coming in. We are going somewhere together. We are going somewhere together. So all we're saying is, who's, who's in? Who, we already accept you. We love you. Who wants, who wants in? Um, here it is. Here's, here you go. Here's the covenant. We took a long time to write this one. I choose. This is what you'd be signing if you wanted to, agreeing to. I choose to enter into a covenant of belonging with our Blazing Fire family. I want to grow and flourish here. I want deeper connection and healthier relationships with others in our family as we live from our shared mission, vision, and core values. Therefore, I will allow God to heal the places in my heart that would cause disconnection and to teach me how to love well in my relationships. Because I am a significant part of our family, who I am and what I do matters. Therefore, in our Blazing Fire family relationships, I will love, honor, celebrate, encourage, and add value. I choose the adventure of learning how to live wholeheartedly with my Blazing Fire family. Okay, I'm just going to let that one sit for just a minute. And Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that I wouldn't even have the, you know, the first clue as to what covenant was or, or even how to take steps in that direction were, were it not for uh, your presence and your, your desire to, to show me um, more of Jesus, more of the Father. And Jesus, we could talk to each one of you endlessly. Jesus, you're showing us who you are in your love. Father, you've always loved us. And you're, you, that, that Father's love always is cascading over the earth. And so, so thank you that because you've brought us into what love truly is, we can begin to know what it is to love each other. And I'm asking God, take us. Take us to higher heights together. Take us to deeper places together in your heart. Get us ready for the harvest, this massive harvest that is coming, which means get our hearts ready. It's really what that means. Teach us how to do love well, how to, how to love well, because we're gonna have, there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to need a whole lot of loving. So... Um, we're going to hear from one of each of the elders. They're just going to take a couple minutes each to tell their version um, of why they wanted to enter into covenant relationship with myself and Suzanne. Um, they've shared these stories before, but I just thought tonight it would be extra powerful. And um, I've the the time is <laughs> ticking, so but I still want to. But you each, if you could do it, just a couple minutes each. You were going to do it, Todd and Susan. Is that right? Okay. Todd, you first. This is Todd Loud. He's a pastor and elder. Hi. Uh, okay. Yeah, the time has gone by. So um, I will say this. Uh, Karina and I came here from a very wounded place, uh, church-wise, relationship-wise with people. And um, 
And it took a while to even uh, let our hearts just attach, you know. It did. It really took a while. Um, Karina said she used to, well, yeah, she used to pretend that she was asleep after church so nobody would talk to her, you know. <laughs> she did. And <laughs> uh, it just took a while for us to really, you know, open up and trust. And then um, and then we did. But we, then, then, you know, I started... Become, uh, became the youth pastor here. Um, but I still, uh, but at, so after a while, after we had seen what the true heart is here and, um, and we knew God led us here, uh, we, we felt like the Lord wanted us to take communion with Brent and Suzanne and tell him we're going to be with you for the long haul. And I know that was God because that scared the heck out of me. I'd, that kind of commitment scared me because really, I mean, there's a big part of me that was wanting to also move away to a small cabin in the woods and not know anybody and that's been there for a long time. And, um, and, uh, so we did. And, um, and, and if I could share just a, you know, there's, it's interesting. Uh, we, we, so we did, we had them over for dinner. We told them this, they said, you don't have to do this. We said, yes, we do. And, uh, and it was just really God impressing on our hearts, um, because we saw so much life here, you know. And, um, so we did this. And, um, only a week after we did this, uh, a, the craziest thing happened to me where an opportunity opened up for me to possibly youth pastor in a gigantic church that has lots of resources and even a building <laughs> and um <laughs> many buildings actually and uh and uh, only a week after we did this and um that was crazy <laughs> cuz uh, cuz I had just done you know made a commitment with them and a covenant with them and I it was seriously like me and God going are you you're funny right there you know, and, um, and over the years since then, um, you know, there's been a little moments, especially concerning the building stuff. You know, we, we want, we want a place to put our stuff, you know, or with, with the teenagers, we want to be able to put their stuff on the wall and, you know, it's all that kind of thing. And so once in a while, uh, when I get kind of bratty about all that, you know, like, where is it, God? Um, then I think about that, what happened and I go, did I, what was that? What was that? And then this, the word covenant comes to me, you know, and I feel so much peace come over me. You know, I'm telling you that part to say that you don't always feel like, uh, pretty about it, you know, every moment. But, but when you go back to what God was establishing, um, all of a sudden the peace comes because he's the one doing this and he's in charge. And, uh, I'm excited to see where we go, you know, but this has been a cool, cool journey for us so far. Not perfect, but absolutely cool. And, um, and still, I, I'll tell you one tiny little tidbit as an employee here, uh, it, but coming from a place where, um, it, it was different than here, uh, still once in a while when Brent, we have our bi-monthly, you know, employer-employee meeting, which actually it sta- sounds too staunch for the for what we actually do. But um, 
There's a, there's occasional times where I still come to that and I think, I wonder if I'm in trouble. I wonder if he's going to say something to me. I wonder, I wonder if, I wonder if I did something wrong, you know, um, leftover from yesteryear. And, um, we get together and even, even when he has brought some cor- correction to me, I, I'm always so refreshed and I go, Oh yeah, there's a different heart here <laughs> all these years later. So that's just a, in a nutshell, some of our reasons. Yeah. And uh, Susan Folkler, also an elder and pastor, is going to share. So, um, actually, we looked a lot like Todd and Karina when we first came here. Was that back, like, 2002, 2003? Uh, but I was kind of, like, more at the back like this, checking it out, because we were pretty wounded, too. Um, I was raised in a family where love looked more like loyalty or duty. Didn't really feel loved didn't feel valued for who I was, didn't really feel like I made a difference or it really mattered what I did. And a lot of the churches I was at, it felt the same way. And I know part of it was me and my own attitude, uh, my own not really valuing myself. But part of it was truly a lot of those churches. It was about being loyal. It was about just being there. It was about um, doing the right thing. And um, whatever I gave, I could expect to receive. It was very transactional a lot of the times in those churches. If you give, you get back. Um, so coming here, we were pretty wounded. And um, some of the words sounded the same as what we'd heard in the past because we'd been in a couple churches that had been were more charismatic and and talked about the love of God and talked about the gifts of God and things like that. But over time, I could sort of find myself like the guard coming down more and more because I realized, yeah, they're saying the same words or words similar to what we've heard before, but they're actually talking about, and it look, it's going to look like something. like, And talking about love, but then talking about what does love look like? What does love feel like? And like um, we heard Paul Young talk about last week where the truth started looking like ways of being. And that's certainly something that's grown more and more. And we've watched Brent and Suzanne, I mean, grow more and more in how sincere they love. They, they love really, really well. And we've all learned. I know all of us elders, we've learned from them so much. But um, it's that piece of, I can expect to be loved here, even on my not-so-good days, even when I've really messed up or just had a bad attitude or who knows where I've, where, where I've been. Um, but I can expect to be loved. Um, I can expect to be believed in and I can expect to be valued for being a unique person here. Too many times, I think in the church, there's been this belief that the people's job is to make the pastor or the leadership look good. It's been the people's job to validate the vision or the purpose of leadership. And we actually, yes, we're going somewhere together. So it is being all together, but it's also each one of you becoming your own true person of who God says you are. Hey, and when these guys say that to you, it is so real and so sincere. And that has meant so much to my heart. When I get so encouraged by Brent and Suzanne, about when they see me sort of 
kind of get my stride and, and, you know, sort of live from the core of who I really am. I get nothing but encouragement from them, even when I'm just kind of groping around and trying to figure it out. Um, so I really appreciate a place where I could grow and blossom and come into a realization of who I really am. So thank you, Suzanne and Brent, for believing in me and in all of us. Okay. We did not pay them to say those things, I promise. Uh, no, thank you. That was that was very thank you. That touches our hearts. And uh, could, could you just take this away for a moment, please? Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna uh, have communion together, and um, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you why. Um, Suzanne's gonna Suzanne's gonna get up and say a little bit because uh, I, I want you to hear from her as well. Um, but but as she talks, we're gonna get communion ready. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna let her talk, and then I'll explain communion. So go ahead, Suzanne. Well, okay. Now you guys, I'm a mushy mess. Okay, fine, fine. Um. So coming, um, Brent mentioned earlier, you know, this, this scary thing about uh, what this might mean. And he used the phrase, am I locked in for life? And uh, so coming from someone that didn't have a choice, okay, because <laughs> I'm locked into life with that man. <laughs> and so this... Uh, it, it, it has been scary. And when Brent said um, that uh, the enemy really didn't want him to preach this message, nor for us to work on this as a team, I can attest to that. Um, earlier, earlier this month, as he's working on it, um, he and I had a heated discussion, <laughs> just being honest. And it was because, you know, we were wrestling with this, you know, how do we write this? How do we, how do we, um, really express what we want to say? And as it came down to it, I realized in my own heart, oh my gosh, this is scary. You know, I'm, I'm like, what am I saying? How, it's not that coming from a leader standpoint, it's like, I'm one of you, everybody else sitting in the pews going, what? What are they talking about? What is this depth of relationship and going deeper and connection? And what does that really mean? And I realized um, that it was touching someplace deep in my heart because it is precious to me. Connection, relationship, just cheering people on and helping them grow and be who God created them to be is just really deep in my heart. And yet, you know, the places that you have to go to do that is really scary. And so as we up here wrestled with what we were, what we wanted to say, what we wanted to do, I was like, I'm sitting out there with you guys going, can I do this? Oh my gosh, what are they saying? And I are them. I are, you know? <sighs> 
So um, it's been a good wrestling, though, because it, it, it helped me connect with, um, you know, I really needed Paul last week to say, to talk about being whole is being, wholeness is the truth of your being matching the ways of your being. And I believe that in these last um, 14 years, that's what we've been tr- um, journeying towards, you know, and we get to do it with a great bunch of people. I get to do it with a great bunch of people. A bunch of people. A bunch of people. So, <sighs> so we just wanted, um, just wanted you to know, just honestly, it, it's a good journey to be on. It's a good journey to be on together. But yeah, it, it can be challenging at times. And, um, so I just wanted to, I don't know, I just want to be real with you guys because it is, it's, it is stepping out. It's, it's stepping out of my comfort zone. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but he's the extrovert and I'm the introvert in this relationship. And so, um, so you don't see me up here all that often, but, um, it's like, okay, God, okay, I am ready to go there. You know, I, I am, I, I know that, Part of me, one of my, the truths of my being is that I do believe in people. I am a, I trust. I trust. And so the ways of my being would be, I don't know, to encourage, you know, to just, ah, come on guys, let's just keep on going. So anyway, ah, okay, 